We've got a slew of consumer goods earnings today. This is where the money is. Welcome to the show, Fools. I'm Nathan Hamilton, joined by our consumer goods analyst, Sean O'Reilly. How are you? I'm good. How's the day going? Good. Afternoon, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a welcome afternoon indeed. So uh, let's get straight into it. We've got a lot of earnings reports uh, that happened in the last few days here. One might say too many. One might say too many. But yeah, <laughs> one of those, um, you know, one of our stocks that we tend to follow pretty closely is Sirius. I know you've done some research on the company. Um, since reporting, the stock is actually up a few percentage points. What's going on in the report? A little bit. Um, yeah, they reported third quarter earnings after uh, before the market opened on October 28th. Uh, revenue jumped 10%. Um, net income jumped 117%, but there's a lot of little accounting adjustments in there. So, um, And our uh, listeners that no doubt have been following SiriusXM are aware that net income isn't the most important number for Sirius. It's We'll get to it in a minute, but it's cash flow. Uh, but that you know, net income did jump up to 136 million. EBITDA jumped 380, uh, to 381 million for the quarter, and this is my favorite part. Uh, they added nearly 1.2 million subscribers so far this year. So for the first nine months, this is the third quarter of their fiscal year, um, and that has caused free cash flow to jump a whopping 32 percent year to date. That's interesting because that 1.2 million subscriber number actually only represents a 5% increase in subscribers. So, of course, you and our listeners are probably wondering, Sean, why does this lead to such a huge jump in cash flow if they're just adding 5% more customers? And the reason is this company is the only satellite radio company out there. They've got 10 satellites circling the planet above our heads. The money's already been spent on them, and they're aligned on the income statements, depreciation, amortization, but that is it. Every single customer these guys get to give them 10, 20 bucks a month is just, I'm oversimplifying, but basically going to the bottom line. Mm. So essentially it's the subscriber count. Yes, which, which it's, it's becoming increasingly powerful for this company. Yeah, how, how do you see that trending? Because there are a lot of companies out there that are getting into this space, either you know, through different means, maybe not satellite providers, but um, connecting your car to the internet. Absolutely, you're right. Um, we obviously don't know how this is going to shake out in 10 years. Um, you know, there's cars starting to get Wi-Fi connections to see that car commercial. I, I think it's a Jeep or something, but they've got, it's a guy out in the middle of nowhere. I think it's actually a truck. A guy in the middle of nowhere and his car is a Wi-Fi hotspot and he's iPadding with his mom or whatever. Maybe that will allow Pandora to get in on the car market, but at present, SiriusXM's major advantage is um, they have deals with basically every major North American automaker to give away plans if SiriusXM is activated in the car for free for like three to six months to uh, new, new car buyers. And historically, a year later after you get your free subscription, 42, 45% of those people are now paying the money. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really powerful. Every time this, somebody in this country buys a new car, a good chunk of the time they have access to Sirius XM for free, and then 40% of the time they pay for it later on. So it seems the actual it's awesome. the value yeah. proposition is there. It is. And yeah. this, if you had said, oh, yeah, this company's going to be, they upped their guidance for the uh, going forward, but if you had said this company's going to be throwing off over a billion dollars in free cash flow 10 years ago, you would have, everybody would have thought you were nuts. But the money's already been spent. They don't need to put up more satellites. And every customer, new client they get that's coming in the door, it's, it's going straight to the bottom line, and it's awesome. Oh, interesting. Yep. So we've also got um, another company, maybe something you shouldn't be doing while you're driving, but talking beer, drinking beers. Yeah. But um, Boston Beer reported earnings, and the stock has had a pretty good run over the last last few weeks. What's going on there? Yeah, he's uh, 
what only craft beer uh, billionaire. It's that Jim Coke that started uh, Sam Adams. But um, pretty good report. Um, earnings per share came in at 279, which represents a only 47.6% increase over the same quarter last year. Um, this crushed estimates of 232 a share that the street had. So they're you. The, the craft brewing trend we're seeing is, you know, fracturing how people drink their beer because 30 years ago everybody just had a Budweiser and that was it. Um, but Sam Adams is garnering a lot of loyalty and you're starting to see that in the results. And Bob's say a much smaller competitor like a craft brew, allow uh, craft brew alliance, they aren't nearly as profitable. Mm -hmm. um, uh, despite these results, the company decided to be conservative and maintain their full year earnings per share estimates of 6 to 6.40 a share. Um, the uh, thing that stood out to me was they're starting to invest in smaller brewers now. Um, they are investing in a alchemy and science operation that operates as an independently owned subsidiary of Boston Beer. And this is actually being run by the two gentlemen whose names escape me uh, that uh, created, started, and sold Magic Hat mm -hmm. Brewery. They sold that and then they were buddies with Jim Coke over at Boston Beer and he was like, here, you guys just go foster craft beer beer in uh, America. I'll give you money, and you just go nuts. So they're just starting to invest in. Um, uh, they partnered up with Angel City Brewery in uh, Los Angeles. Um, another one, oh, Coney Island Brewing Company. Mm. How would you like a beer from Coney Island? So the hot dog be great. Yeah, you got your beer, your hot dog, go on the roller coaster. You're good to go. But yeah, good report. Awesome. They're starting to stand out amongst the pack of the crop brewers, though. Mm -hmm. Do you think, uh, I guess, looking at these these small investments, are they something long-term that could move the needle, or is it just more a, uh, a goodwill sort of move to, to provide these companies with money? It's a goodwill sort of move, because like, we don't know how much they're investing in uh, alchemy and science, which I love that name. But, um, I mean, even if they spent $10 million on it, that's not a lot of money to Boston Beer at this point. But it's just, it's engendering the culture of craft beers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So moving to soda, another beverage. Uh, soda Stream, of course, been on a, a pretty wild ride over the past, you know, two years. Tony Island roller year. coaster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> undoubtedly. But shares have gone from something around $60, $70, and now about $20. Right. So what's happening in the report that, that might so, be driving shares? Um, to give people a little bit of context, um, I'm not sure how we're doing on time. Um, when that stock was at 60, you had the story where they've got a great business in Europe where Europeans drink way more uh, soda water than we do here in the United States, and they would just buy the machines to make their carbonated water, have it with dinner or whatever. That business is awesome. It saw a little bit of pullback. I think um, Eastern Europe saw a 0.9% drop in that business, and then Western Europe saw a 2% drop, and it wasn't anything critical. That's a very good profitable business, and that's what's keeping the bottom line going. Um, and then when the stock was at 60, the story was, oh, we can replicate our success in Europe and America and it's going to be awesome. There's tons of money, everybody. That's not working. Um, mm -hmm. This past quarter, year over year, um, America's revenues dropped 20.3%. Wow. It's not going well. The only standout good portion of the report was 4.7% 4 growth in Asia. Um, they, this happens like clockwork. Anytime a company has a disappointing report, they uh, announce, you know, structural changes and turnaround plans and all that stuff. They're going to be closing their uh, facility on the West Bank, and they're going to be moving to a lower cost facility. 
the simple fact of the matter is they need to start selling the machines in America. So, <laughs> so is that, I mean, is the growth story played out in Europe, or, or is this something that they're really the, the Europe or the North American market? This is the go-to. This is the only thing driving. I I've taken a step back and I've tried to put myself in these people's shoes, and honestly, I'd kind of chill on America for now and focus on Asia because it's just not working here. They're having mm -hmm. to cut the prices on machines. They're taking huge hits on inventory. It's I don't know. They've got a good thing going in Europe. People still like their machines there. They got to figure out where else to grow because it's not here right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's also similarly beverages. Yeah. Starbucks. Starbucks. A little bit better of a quarter. They're yeah, yeah. It seems <laughs> like uh, they're actually growing compared to some of the other companies right. that maybe the share price isn't moving as much. So um, they reported fourth quarter revenues. They increased 10% year over year to 4.2 billion. Global comparable store sales increased 5%, which is awesome. And earnings per share came in at 77 cents. Um, solid report, nothing crazy. Um, I did just want to highlight the fact that um, they continue to be a fantastic business and they upped their uh, guidance for fiscal year 2015. Um, and I'm starting to look towards what their plans are because a recent interview with the CEO talked about how they were uh, the only company in the world right now. They uh, handled over 12, uh, 12 million individual payments over like phones with their payment apps and everything. The closest competitor didn't even do a million. So it's mm -hmm. really, really interesting how they're getting into this alternate payments technologies and everything. Mm. So they're kind of a bellwether for that, I think. Yeah. So uh, looking at another one here, Michael Kors, another growth story in Asia. A, a company that you and I know so well because we love their products so much, being Very much. guys, <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Um, my wife likes them. She's got their shoes and her purse yeah. and everything. Um, came out with earnings this morning, um, and we've actually seen this uh, happen, I don't know, the last two or three earnings reports, where their earnings results were awesome, and Wall Street doesn't care. Um, they had a great report. Um, the revenues increase. How many businesses do you know? It's the, you're a tech guy. Mm -hmm. You know, like how many tech companies do you know? Year over year quarterly revenue increased 42.7 percent to 1.1 billion. Uh, you would think that this is some crazy chip chip company or something. Mm -hmm. It's just, I don't know. Um, the company had 121 new store openings since uh, th they just completed this year's third quarter since the end of last year's second quarter. So in the last year, 121 new stores were opened. Um, same store sales were up 16.4%. Earnings per share came in at a dollar versus 71% to share uh, in the second quarter of last year. Um, awesome report. The stock just sold off 7%. They're just, they lowered their same store sales guidance, but at the end of the day, and this is kind of what I wanted to highlight for our viewers, um, you've got a 17 PE multiple on a company that's growing according to S&P Capital IQ, all the analysts that they pulled. Out to 2019, they're going to be growing earnings at 15% a year. So you've got a 17 multiple on something that's growing at 15%. You could do a lot worse. Yeah, I mean, days. it's not terribly rich if you think about it. No, it's not. It's very reasonable, and I I don't know why they're not having like any other company that was growing revenues 42% year over year and had comps growth of 15%. You'd be like, oh, this is awesome. I'd love to be in this business, but it's just not good enough. So are we looking at 17 times forward earnings or this year's earnings? earnings. Yeah, so, okay. they're expected to earn just over four dollars a share this year, and it's a $70 stock. Wow. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like it could You're be worse. Go no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, in tech, we could never come across. No, you can't. Yeah, can't well, come across a company growing like you that. You don't look that anything if it's got a PE below 100, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes not, yeah. No. I know our, our uh, newsletter rule breakers, they would not be looking at it. I, I joke with that. those folks frequently about that. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, appreciate the insights on that. Um, you know, we've actually got a user question which awesome. relates to what you're talking about with Sirius, and, and generally it was pointing out the differences between earnings and cash flow, you know, why you may focus on one versus the other, and you know, which one makes sense when, when you're looking at an income statement or a cash flow statement. Right. Um, this is, and I kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier with SiriusXM, their gap earnings fluctuate all the time. Um, and that's the biggest line items, and you need to look at the inherent economics of the business. A business that um, constantly having to reinvest, like, um, I don't know, an Intel or uh, Invencents or something, have to make new chips every year, all that stuff. Free cash flow isn't the best method. You probably want to look at market share, just other little nuances of where they are on the competitive or subscriber market counts. Or subscriber counts. Um, but if you're actually looking at it as a business, how much uh, cash it can throw off, free cash flow is the way to go. The trick with a business like uh, a Sirius XM or back in the day like a radio station, it's kind of an analogous situation, you've put X number of dollars up front that you will not have to spend again. Those satellites have a 20, 25 year life and they're already up there, it's, you're good to go. So now you're just harvesting it for cash every year. Um, and that's why free cash flow is so important because the income statement, the net income statement, the gap accounting earnings, they've got all kinds of little, they need to be there, like depreciation, amortization, other costs that aren't cash-based, um, that an investor would be ill-served by just following gap earnings. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you know, like we said, SiriusXM's, their gap earnings were, um, a net income jumped 170%, which is awesome, but it was just $136 million, but as an owner, if you own the stock, you're really more concerned with the fact they're gonna throw off $1.1 billion this year that you can do whatever you want with. They've been buying back tons of stock, but that's, that's really uh, what you're concerned with. Well, very interesting ind indeed. I know uh, Good times. our <laughs> listeners have a lot of earnings information to go through with, with the information here. So um, also, before we go, um, did wanna mention a special deal we've got going on for our where the money is listeners, right? Yeah, so what we are doing is we are having a deal for our listeners that if you text us, let's see, and what's the text? Um, if you text us at, uh, three, uh, text WTMI to 38470, we've got a special offer, and uh, basically it won't last, like this is just a one-time kind of a thing, we're just gonna be running for a short period of time. Um, just text the word WTMI to that number and uh, we'll send you a link to special offer as well as some of the best stories The Motley Fool has to offer. So we're going to be ferreting through fool.com, picking our best articles, sending those as well as a special offer for joining Stock Advisor. And what's the specific number they should be texting? It will be 38470. Okay. And standard messaging rates, of course. Naturally, they do apply. Great. <laughs> so appreciate your insights today. You for Sean O'Reilly, I'm Nathan Hamilton. Fool on.